Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Wake up! Wake up! Mike Mulligan, David Haw. Mully and Haw, Gabe Ramirez, kind enough to sit in. David with a well-earned day off, and I think he's a jury duty. Is he? Is that, is that a well-earned day off? I mean... Shouldn't you, if you're, if you really get a day off? Oh, hello. How are you? What are you doing? Oh, yeah, I, was just, one of these. I was just sitting before we uh, went off to court. Are they crutches? Uh, these are um, uh, chair pants or chants. It's essentially two crutches. I'll just sit here. He's attached to like knee pads and then he's attached them to his backside. He's been arguing with the uh, jury fine people, people with <laughs> jury duty that he is peerless. Therefore, cannot pass judgment on others. Do you have any other questions for me, counselor? I'm not through with my examination. Sit down. I might have made that argument. <laughs> Start your mornings with Mully and Haw, 5.30 till 10 a.m. on 670 The Score. Not to patronize. You guys are the best dual line on the radio. Let's go. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. And here you are. You got through it. You just convicted early. Is that it? The Morning, Molly. Yeah. Happy Tuesday. Yeah. My Monday was spent uh, in the system, going the through the system. process. <laughs> you should write a book about it. I know. It the was, system. It would be a short book, and it, I don't think it would be very interesting. Yesterday was a lot of waiting, and then I was not part of the juror panel that was picked and uh, was excused and... Went home and missed the day. Thank you to Gabe for filling in and getting up early. I slept in, but I don't think that I enjoyed the process. I would have rather been here. Yeah. I would have preferred to have been here, especially after a wild Sunday oh, and a wild what weekend. A great, what a great weekend. In the city. What a what a glorious day for the Blackhawks. Oh Top my. to bottom. It was, it was just, you know, we talked a lot about it yesterday, obviously, but... That was the best day of the year. That's the best day in a number of years for the Blackhawks. Just from Shelley and that and the in his speech and all the people that were there, all the way through to Kaner and the video tributes, 
and then Sydney Sydney Crawford with the goal that might have been the that? highlight of the that whole was a great highlight. Thing. You know, somebody was asking me about it yesterday. I was still buzzing about Sunday sure. from the show we did for Chris Chelios at Kaiser Tiger. That was a great experience, and then going to the game, being there pregame for Chelly's speech, which was tremendous. Oh. Phenomenal. Going to the – then he had the little press conference afterward. He was still talking. He did a lot oh, of talking. He was great. And then you think, all right, that was cool. Let's watch some hockey. Patrick. And, that, and that was just – Well, the hockey itself was yeah. like, at first, okay, this is a game, which is the backdrop to all the ceremony and pomp and circumstance. And and the Blackhawks can still throw a heck of a party. Uh, it, it was They fantastic. do that right. Yeah, it was great. Patrick Kane taking three – laps after being introduced yeah. was just electric yeah. and then the way the game ended it was like one of those things you're going to remember I was there that happened it really did happen in front of us and I and I could not remember you know we have been fortunate to be covered a lot of sure. big events you went through the bulls in the 90s and but we're there working and I wasn't necessarily working Sunday no you were just having some chuckles having some chuckles I can't remember a fan experience as an adult, I can't remember any more rewarding than that. I can't remember a home team losing and a standing ovation going to the guy that won the game. Yeah, I, I don't it, think I've ever seen that before, and it was obviously a special thing with Patrick Kane. Um, I had said facetiously before the game during the show to Grody, and I even said this to, repeated it to my son who was at the game. I said, "You watch." Patrick Kane's going to win in overtime, and they're going to cheer him. And they're like, no way. They're going to boo him. He's going to get booed. Right. And I didn't think it would actually happen, and then it actually happened. And the reaction was as memorable as the the goal. Something else. And we'd seen that goal so many times before. Yes. Yes. What a cool night. Theo was there. Eddie Vedder Vedder was there. I mean, you know, at one point, they just scanned the crowd, and Mark Messier is just, like, sitting there. And I was like, holy cow. Like, it was it was like the it was Rodman looked rough. I don't know what's going on. Looked with a Rodman. little rough. Um, I've been a long but, night. Who but knows? John McEnroe. I mean, yeah. wow. It was well, it, it was really something. Shelley's reach is pretty oh, it's, pretty vast, no doubt. And we know that from talking to him on a regular basis. And his his speech was oh, pitch perfect. I know that he perfect. had some help with it from Kaylee, and he, she edited it, whatever. But they did a nice job of. Finding the way to deliver it anecdotally, casually. It was, it was fantastic. Yeah. He was worried about the clock for a minute, and then that went out the window. It was just, They gave him all the time he needed, and God, it was fantastic. And it was, it was funny. Be, he he brought day. attention to Kaner coming back and not stealing his thunder. Then Kane yes. did steal his thunder. But that was so great. Like, Kaner, you'll be up here soon enough. You know, it was really, it was great. It was great. And And there were so many great, you know, Athletes, Blackhawks, so many people there that it, it was extraordinary. Well, the past really was celebrated in a way that really yes. we haven't done no. in a long time, especially with the Blackhawks. Right. You kind of have been. Blackhawks have been kind of keeping their it, head. Kind of hesitant. Uh, yeah. You know, you, how, yeah. how hard do you hug them? You're just still, are you still mad at them? Is it okay to like the Hawks again? Oh, my God, did you see what Bedard did? You know, and right. that was the first time Bedard had commanded all the attention since he became a Blackhawk less than a year ago. Mm-hmm. But that was the night where he right. was not center stage. He was like, all right, there's Chelios, there's Kaner. 
Oh, by the way, there's well, this superstar. I mean, you know, Gretzky came in and said hello to him. I mean, that's pretty awesome. That is pretty awesome. Yeah. It, it was uh, – there was just all the hockey royalty, and uh, it was great. Hockey royalty is a good way to put it. Yeah. And uh, it I really think Bedard sad. was just – was almost uh, – had to have been sitting there in awe of his environment. And he had a good game. Kaner had a better one. Red Wings came in. How about the Brinkett to Kane for the game winner? Right. And all Kane, kinds of symmetry. Kane to the Brinkett to tie the game. So. Yeah. How many, like, you was there. So was there more Kane jerseys, yeah, we Bedard jerseys, or Chelios jerseys? I think there were more Kane jerseys. I saw more Kane jerseys. I saw a lot more Chelios jerseys than I anticipated because it had been such a long of, time ago. But, you know, they had the teams in them. Right, I mean, I'm saying everybody had a Chelios T-shirt. That was great. Bedard wore the the black number seven to the game. That was cool. Did you see uh, Brent Seabrook had the number seven, but it said uh, Chelios on it? I know that was was funny. Cool. Yeah, I I thought that there were more Kane probably jerseys uh, than Bedard jerseys. I wondered that during the show. You know, Brandon, we talked about that, seeing if if that would be the case, and. It, he hasn't been gone that long. You know, he just got traded a year ago. Right. And it was still two teams removed. Two teams removed. And then you have people I've had I was asked three times yesterday, various different conversations about Sunday. Do you think he's coming back? Do you think he'd come back? How about how long is he gonna play? Could he be the his final his final shift with the Hawks with Bedard? Wouldn't that be cool? I don't know. Who knows? How good will the Hawks be who, in three years? Bedard and who's the kid? Who's the who's the kid from Boston University? Celebrini is that the next number one overall pick for next year? Hawks going to be making that number one pick Macklin, in all likelihood. Macklin Celebrini is that the name of the kid? He's like seventeen years old as a freshman in college. I want to get some of these other kids up first. Get some of these other kids, these other prospects up. No, start keep to help getting them. the number one overall pick. No, lining those guys. No. Up. Give us I, this year's Bedard. Well, you can take it this year. Then you got to start winning. Then you got to start. I was reading. They did a whole thing in the uh, Athletic about the minor league prospects and rating them. They rated the Blackhawks system, I think, seventh, mm-hmm. which surprised that me. That surprises me. Yeah, yeah, because I think in the in the hockey, whatever the other one is, uh, they rated them like third or fourth. But, um, you know, they, they've got – Oliver Moore, they've got uh, Nazer. they got some good young players that are on the way. they just got to get here faster. It's get here take, fast. It's going to take, you know, two was, more years before they're competitive. They're not going to be competitive next I year. I don't know if uh, I heard this correctly, and I'm just curious. I was there when they introduced, obviously, before the game, and Luke Richardson, I heard a smattering of boos. I was surprised at that. Why would you boo the head coach of a guy who's basically there to keep keep the young players focused, playing at a high level as hard as they can, and they do that? The Hawks never really lack that much effort. I was surprised to hear a smattering of boos. For Luke Richards? Yes. I didn't. Maybe it's just a section I was in. I don't wow. know. I wasn't me. And, yes, you're right, Molly. I, Macklin Celebrini. Thank you. Number one overall pick. I told you. I'm, I'm, you were doing I'm your hockey in, buddy. prospect research. Digging in. Hey, we did three hours of hockey on Sunday. If you want to continue that, I'd be more than happy. But I think we – No, no. We just yeah. wanted to get your thoughts on the day because it was a glorious day. It was day. a glorious it was day. Really, I, I, it was the, you know, it was kind of the last day of the season. <laughs> till they get this 
you know, Macklin Celebrini kid. <laughs> it, well, that's in that's in June. That'll well, like be the, I said, that's, the draft. This is like the Bears. You know, the 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 NFL playoffs, the Super Bowl, everything's over. Now it's Bears time. Now you can jump in. Well, when the Bears, if see the Bears, what happens in Indy. If the Bears get Caleb Williams and the Blackhawks get Connor Bedard and then they go out and they get the second number one overall pick again in Macklin Celebrini, who's closest to a championship? Uh, definitely, uh, definitely um, <laughs> Pete Crow Armstrong. Okay, see, the Cubs, is it he's either be the best player? Well, we played it, that a couple times yesterday. Did you? Justin, that was fun. Honor. That was fun. I think I think Brandon loves to play that clip. It's my favorite drop. Yes. It's my favorite one. Yeah. He, every once in a while, whenever. Uh, well, my prediction is going to be PCA, Pete Crow Armstrong. So a Cubs outfielder will be the biggest star in Chicago by the year 2028. I don't think that's going to age well. Oh, now don't. don't no, I'm you, not like trying to trigger anybody. You th- don't you, you but, be giving up on PCA. But what did I say before we played that? There's going to be Caleb Williams in town, likely. There's there's already Connor Bedard in town. Your guy, who's going to be now forevermore, your guy, Macklin Celebrini, is going to be in town. Hey, you know, the return of the Mac. Patrick <laughs> Williams, cornerstone. Oh, He's stop cor- it. Self-proclaimed cornerstone. Stop it. How about that one? Oh, my gosh. We talked about that one yesterday. That, and that, that was a – him calling himself a cornerstone for the team was a – stopping point in everyone's life momentum pretty brittle cornerstone what yeah that that's the problem what yeah i don't think that's something that makes sense if he is one of the cornerstones and they have to really ah, they have to really surround the cornerstone with better pieces that's the problem we're gonna need better corners we're gonna need stronger cornerstones we're gonna need more corners there's gonna be more than it's not gonna have to be four corners you're gonna have to need you know, you need a hexagon. Two different texters want you to know they were saying Luke, not boo. It could have been. That's three different texters now saying okay. Luke. I, I, listen, you heard, you heard a boo. There was a lot going on. You heard a boo in There could have been. I was like thinking maybe there was, I, I was confused. I was a little bit, because I was doing a lot of things, talking to a lot of people, and I heard, wait a second, were, were those boos? No, you're right, probably Luke's. All right, Luke. It's not me. It's all the texters. Thank you, texters. Keeping me honest. They can do that. Oh, boy. Yeah, that was best fan experience that I've had as an adult. Wow. Leave it at that. Well, I think it was such a good long day. And, you know, the Blackhawks, what they did is they had everything blend into each other. And it was it was just a glorious day. They they did everything right and everything worked together and it was like in harmony and it was it was the anthem was really electric. Well done. They have not had yes. as big of a moment in that building. Well, for they haven't hockey. had as many people. That was a well, that was the largest crowd of the yeah, season. Makes sense. But everyone um, was amped. It was the biggest moment since it's like a thousand people more than fit in the building. Maybe so. That's what they said anyway. They have not had that big of a moment since June of I, 2015. Someone exited that. It was on Exter. I don't know what the hell you call it. But the last time when they won the championship, the it's in they beat the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Mm-hmm. June, whatever that was, in 2015. That was the last time that I could think that place was that electric. And that loud. 
And yeah, it, was big, it was a big afternoon, and it was um, best loss it ever. Was a lot of fun, <laughs> greatest loss in the history of the of the Hawks. And and again, there was some Detroit Sox cheers. I mean, that's that's an important thing to remember. It's an old rival, and uh, and yet you end up cheering for the the you know hometown hero, even though he's from Buffalo and uh, he's he's Chicago's. Mm, I'm loaned from Buffalo. He's, 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 Kane is a Chicago more of a ranger sports legend. Mind. It's more of a ranger. No, he's not. Sure, he you're is. just trying to. You're just trying to be. It's a Red Wing. It's a Red Wing now. Ornery. No, he's not. he's a motor. Oh, I, I know. That's that's difficult. They're, that's a good team right now. They're playing well. They're going to get well, to the they playoffs. Got, they got two good Hawks players on the same line. Kane is hot. Playing at a high level. The Brinkin. He's the also playing cat. at a high level. Cat. Yeah. I like the cat. Yeah. I like the way he prowls. There's a lot of good. The there's a lot of good Hawks players floating around the NHL. Yeah, you know, how about Panarin? Panarin he had like five assists. He was on TV over the weekend, nationally televised mm-hmm. game. Yeah, he still's got it. He, there's a lot of ex-Hawks. There are. Wow. You know what's extraordinary? Like, I mean, I'm just sitting there and I'm watching, and there's, you know, what a foursome, right? It's, uh, it's Sharp and Hoss and. Uh, and uh, Duncan Teeth and uh, Seabrook sitting together, and you're looking at that, and you're like, "Wow, like what an unbelievable! St- how do you win like three Stanley Cups? That's how <laughs> you load a team with guys like that. Yeah, guys who and, and no one there wasn't even a mention of Jonathan Taves. Never heard his never heard his name. Yeah, I was I was surprised he didn't show. I don't know the circumstances. I thought he might have shown up because. Those guys were there because of obviously out of respect for Chelios, but Patrick Kane returning sure. was a big deal. Right. And But he's low profile. When you think of uh these days. Marion Hosa, he had his jersey retired before Chris yeah. Chelios did. Yeah. That's how much that's how much he meant to the organization. And Duncan Keith is likely next. He's got to be next. Mm-hmm. Poor Steve's not gonna have number seven to retire. Well, they can still retire. I that's yeah. down the list. They gotta get to Steve they Larmer can first. Roll it up. Steve there. Larmer, good old number twenty eight. Yeah, I remember Steve. Friend Larmer. of the program, Steve Larmer, super quiet guy. Good interview. Did him Sunday. Was yeah. really good to talk to him. Doug Wilson, a, tremendous. He, he was as a player. He was a very quiet guy. He did not like doing interviews, and I think he'd rather like climb into a locker than than stand there. I was warned about that when I, he was younger, or at least not warned. That sounds foreboding. I was told that he was a little bit of reluctant public. Mm-hmm ambassador if you will the, as a player he's one of the shyest guys i ever saw yeah. in any locker room but what a player of any sport great player great player love chelly who didn't love chelly oh chelly man about town theo showed up how about that yeah theo that was wild that was pretty wild but you know everybody everybody loves chris chelios cindy crawford mike jordan didn't show up yeah he had a death in the family apparently i heard I watched his uh, video tribute. Yes. How about Paul Konerko sending his best? From the golf. That, I saw that, too. He's a hockey guy. That's the one thing I do remember well about Konerko, who was always no, in. You're, uh, you're thinking of that guy from the Twins. Who? He was a hockey guy. What hockey guy? Morneau? No. No, I'm talking about Konerko. Konerko used to stand at his, at his locker in the clubhouse and have good co- hockey conversations. And that was, um, you know, he knew a lot about hockey. He, he did know hockey well. I think he was a big NHL fan. So I wasn't shocked to see him send his best. A lot of people knew Chelly. No Chelly. 
No one. Can't wait till tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk to Chris. Is it tomorrow or Thursday? What it's is on today? Wednesday. Today's Tuesday? We're talking on Wednesday? Yeah, every Wednesday, 45, appointment I know, radio. but we had to move it the one day. I Things think, get confusing. I think I think we're set. Yeah, um, anyway, it, it's great. The, uh, the Combine will take over probably for the next week or so, especially – with uh, Matt Eberflus unveiling the quarterback plan this afternoon. That's not going to happen. Oh. They're not going to say anything today. I think it'll be interesting to hear them, no, how I, they I evade the topic. Yeah. But wait a second. You're going to go. They'll the, evade the topic like an offensive uh, coordinator. The com- the combine is big, is big, but Cody Bellinger's coming to camp today. That's the big day today, right? Dexter Fowler. Uh, Cody Bellinger, we knew about that Sunday. Yeah, but Just still, saying. it's I mean, a big it's deal. Like, when he shows up for the first time and talks and yeah, no, explains why, how his offseason was. Yeah, I don't know how his offseason was. It's interesting. We'll have to break it down. Uh, we talked about it a lot yesterday, obviously, but I think that um, it's just one of these, you know, it's guys making $30 million a year. They've never paid anyone $30 million a year. So that's nice. But he did not get his $200 million I, and he was looking for like two twenty five, right? And probably at one point thought it would be closer to two fifty. Expect cha- expectations changed dramatically for him. I wonder how he handled it at all. I wonder when it got right down to it, what his role was in advising his client or his agent who works for him. Scott Boris works for for Cody Bellinger. He, he said enough. Let's I don't go. know. It sounds like it, maybe, because yeah. Jed Hoyer won that one. And I think when you look at. Well, he was going to make $25 million. He opted out, and he's making $30 million. So, I mean, he did get the, the $5 million tip. But for a guy that probably went into the offseason expecting to be paid um, like Otani, who, by the way, makes his debut today. He's going to yeah. strike out against Garrett Crochet. That'll be fun. That'll be fun to um, see. I hope he does that because Garrett Crochet – I'm mean, already taping healthy. it. It's yeah. going to be on, I believe, MLB Network is doing a rebroadcast of it at 9 p.m. According to my TV, these things never work out the way I want them to. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I would have to, like, monitor it the whole damn day. And, yeah, I hope that works out for you. Yeah, I, yeah that's good. I, I've been I'm watching not, not a lot yeah. of spring training. I'm interested in Cody Bellinger, what yeah. he has to say and how he answers that question. Because that is which question? Did, did is he disappointed with his contract? No, not is he disappointed. He's not oh, going to say that. Did you take? I want to know his role in the negotiation Morris? late and how he came to pass that he agreed finally to a deal that everyone um, was surprised about in terms of its size and length and terms. But it also it's a one year deal. It accomplishes him accomplishes what the Cubs wanted to it's, at the beginning of the offseason. He's here. 2024 it's, is relevant now. It's a one-year deal. Yeah. And it could be a two-year deal. I don't and, think there's any way it's a three-year deal. I don't think it's a three-year deal because the $20 yeah. million dollars in the third exactly. year it makes it untenable. Unless he's, it's a bad tip where this guy shops. In, in this neighborhood, that would be some place he would not want to sh- shop. Not, not in that third season. Right. That third season is just tacked on. He's still a young man. so the, he's 28 still, years old. He can still get... All the money he dreamed of. It's a great deal for the Cubs. Jed Hoyer did it right, and I want to hear great him. Great deal for the Cubs. I want to hear what he has to say, and I think he'll probably be very gracious, and he'll fit in, and this is the culmination of an offseason that they had to have. They had to get Cody Bellinger. Now that they do, that's exciting. Sunday was, well, Sunday was huge. We had Chelly and Belly. 
Making news. Celebration of both. Show me, Billy. I don't know. That's a lot of nicknames. <laughs> really? It's two. It's I mean, two different sports, though. But they both came together to make news on the same day. Big news. Huge news. Chelly well, and Belly. I would argue that Chelly didn't make huge news. I would argue I, I would argue differently. I would argue that. Yes, he did. How how we did three hours of Chris Chelio's coverage. Yeah, I That's understand. News. I understand what what uh, how we celebrated it, but I'm saying that wasn't news. That was that was career achievement, and I would hope that Bellinger has more career in front of him. Right? How about Chris playing until he's 48? Is that the craziest statistic you ever heard of? I I, I was surprised that he said that he could have played till he was 49. He had the opportunity yeah. to join the two, 2010. Hawks, I did not know that little nugget. I can that remember. Been unbelievable. It would have been. Yeah. I can remember when he was playing with the Wolves, going out there to do a column with Chris yeah. Chelios at the ripe old age of 46, I think it was at that Incredible. point. Yeah, ageless. And he's, he still looks like a million bucks. All right, we got to break apart all the stories of the day. We're going to pick them apart. It's Mully and Haw. We got the pick six next here on the score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's Pick 6 with Mully and Haw, where we debate the top six sports stories of the day and then open it up to you, the Chicago sports fan. Call us at 312-644-6767, or you can tweet your thoughts at Mully Haw. Pick 6 with Mully and Haw starts now. Matt Eberflus will be at the podium at the Scouting Combine this afternoon. Will he clear up the QB1 discussion? Will he unveil the plan? What will be the big news out of the media session? Oh, I, I think uh, Matt Eberflus, you know, we'll probably talk about whether how he's groomed, right? Whether his, his beard is trimmed or something. I, I don't expect Matt Eberflus, it doesn't appear to be in his nature, to uh, to be the guy that blurts out all the quarterback stuff, I think that you know I, I would be surprised if we get clarity 
on uh, on any of that today. I don't think it's the time. I think they're down there. They're going to have meetings. I would guess that he will be kind of uh, he will be dancing like the offensive coordinator was in the same position. I think um, you know it's an interesting session because you are there and you're the whole media is there. It's not just the Chicago media, so he'll be asked kind of league-wide questions and other stuff as well. Um, I don't believe there will be breaking news. Um, I just don't. I'm just trying to, in my mind, figure out what that breaking news would be. They've named their coaching staff. Um, I would be surprised if if they kind of uh, leak anything regarding the offseason plan altogether and how they're going to – uh, rebuild their team. So I don't, you know, Matt Eberflus is, he doesn't give the most riveting news conferences. I'd be surprised if this one varied from that uh, example. Well, maybe we'll hear about the new look, right? He's got a, he's got a new look. He grew out, he grew out a beard. He has a new hairdo. You think he's going to talk about that? Well, I, I <laughs> he's going to be asked you, about it. You no, know he's not. He, oh, okay. Do you think he's going to talk about that? If he's asked about it, he's, I mean, he's not going to go out of his way, but I bet he's asked about his new look. Gonna, he's going to talk about – he's going to be asked about his stubble. He's going to be asked – he, he looks like he lost weight. He looks like he lost weight. He definitely got a new hairdo. I think some of the players were also taking, like, credit for, like, influencing the new hairdo. So I do think that there will be some fun about that. Yes, I don't know why that – like I mean – Gosh, the scoffing. I mean, boy, welcome, welcome back, Dustin. Take you, two days off. Dustin, and it's like, welcome back. I, dude, I don't keep think your, there was scoffing. Your, I think your, he your, just your jumped your, all over you. Well, do you, you don't really your, believe? That's, that's, yeah, I that's do. Not David, a I, you, you and Molly won't be there, okay? Right. So, like, there will be some eh, questions asked today, trying to break the ice, seeing if they could get him loosened up a little bit so we might be able to get some information. They're not going to say anything. Given They're going to say years, nothing. Given all your experience in sports talk radio, given all your press conferences and locker rooms and all those things, if you were there today, would you ask Matt Eberflus about his beard stubble? I, I, I don't know about the beard stubble, but could you talk about your, your new look since the end of the you – know, was that your wife? Was that your daughter's? I'm t- it's a way to loosen things up. It is. Yes, I, I do believe in today's in today's day and age and the fact that, as Molly just said, he doesn't really give you a whole lot. I mean, maybe we're going to find out. Are they going to tag the cornerback today? Or are they going to announce that there's a new deal with the okay, cornerback? Maybe. maybe that's the news we might that find out. That would be awesome. The, the cornerback has been tagged, or there's a new big-time deal for the cornerback. That, that would be the new – if anything gets – broken today as far as news goes that to me would be the news we have tagged the cornerback we've got a new deal with the cornerback that would be the news today and boy ryan poles you look thin have you been eating different are you and matt are you and are you and matt eberflus on the sota <laughs> state of the art there you go you're still selling that they get residuals for that i Unfortunately, think that, no i think that matt eberflus today is going to stay on brand and in character the bears have one objective i think today when Ryan Poles meets the Chicago media and then later when Matt Eberflus meets the national media with Bears beat members present, you've got to make clear that you believe in Justin Fields. You've got to rally, not rally, you have to provide a unified front. We believe in him. You have to let people think that you actually could keep him. You want to let everyone know that you support your players who are under contract with you, even though... You may be taking offers in Ryan Poles' hotel suite, and you better be. You better be open for business. 
They better be doing more in that, that hotel suite than playing darts and putt-putt. That is where you want to make a deal. But publicly, you want to say Justin Fields is a tremendous leader. He's a consummate professional. He's the toughest guy in our locker room. We love the way the players have rallied around him, and we can envision keeping him. We can envision him taking us to the playoffs. And, oh, by the way, is that a second-round pick you're offering Las Vegas? Okay, what do you think, Atlanta? Do you have a first-round pick you're willing to give us? No. I don't know what they're going to get for him, but publicly they have to provide a unified front that you'll hear from Matt Eberflus. Privately, they've got to be seeking offers to make a deal for the quarterback that's moving on. What I was going to say to your question there or your statement. That's the voice of Taylor McGregor. She'll be here at 825 live from Cubs camp. Any idea how long Cody Bellinger will be with the Cubs? Is this three-year, $60 million deal a one-year deal, or will he be here for two years? If you had a guess, will he be more or less likely to get a long-term deal after the upcoming season? Is regression a legitimate fear? I think regression is a legitimate fear based on the metrics from last season, and I think that probably prevented a lot of teams from wanting to write those 8- to 10-year contracts and to write a check that big, make a commitment that, that significant financially. I do think Cody Bellinger, this is a one-year, $30 million prove-it deal again. And I expect him to prove a lot. I think Cody Bellinger's worst days are behind him. Maybe that's looking at it from a Cub fan perspective and the glass half full. But I do think his worst days are behind him. I think he's a winning player. And I think that he's going to be part of some winning with the Cubs. And ideally, his presence makes the Cubs a division champion. They go into the playoffs, they make some noise, and he wants to come back and be part of it again. There will be more suitors next time around, perhaps. But I don't know where baseball is headed with these large contracts, these 8- to 10-year deals, the, the mega deals that you saw Otani sign, the, the, the Bryce Harper deals, the Mike Trout deals. I'm not quite sure if he's in that category after the season. The worst-case scenario for him is that he comes back and makes another 30 mil though next year. That wouldn't be so bad. For the Cubs or for Cody Bellinger. Let's wait and see. But this is a one-year, $30 million contract to make the Cubs NL Central champions. Well, I'd love to see what Pakota has to say now if they're going to readjust now that uh, Cody is officially back because they had the Cardinals winning this division with 83 wins. Cubs around 80 wins in the uh, Pakota predictions. I think this is a good deal for both sides of the equation, and Cody should be an absolutely massively motivated player because it's kind of now or never in order for him to get this. Once he gets to 30, I don't think he's getting $200 million after the age of 30. I just don't think that's, I don't think that's going to happen. This has um, kind of got Carlos Correa written all over it, right? So he had the one-year deal again and then proved it and then got his $200-plus million um, from the Twins, and he was, again, just shy of 30 years old. So this is a great – either Cody Bellinger is going to make – $30 million and then $200 million, or the Cubs are going to be on the hook for $80 million. It's now or never. I think that's so – but that's the fear. that That's why he didn't get what he wanted because, to answer the question, regression is a legitimate fear. Yes, it is. Yeah, I, I think that there is definitely a fear of regression, which is why he didn't get the big money contract that he was looking for. What was his um, war last year for something? And they as the comeback player of the year, the projections are in the three range for him because the batted ball metrics would say that 
Um, he probably did better than he should have. Um, we'll see. Uh, it is going to be fascinating. I think if he if he um, has a big year, then he'll opt out. And if he doesn't have a big year, he'll opt out after the second year. But I don't see him. I, I mean, he'd have to kind of fall off the ledge and have an injury or something to actually want to be there for the third year at $20 million. I, I just don't think that that's going to happen. So I think, you know, depending on, and, you know, he should be a very highly motivated player. He's on effectively a one-year deal, and he can try to get back into free agency in the offseason. So, uh, but I, I, I would guess it's probably like a two-year deal just in case something goes awry this year. He can he can have cover with another thirty million next year, and then and then try to make some money uh, before that third year. But you know, I don't think. I mean, his regression it got to a point where he was DFA'd by the Dodgers, right? And and I think that had to do with injury as much as anything. He had a great year last year, and he was healthy. And I think that. Um, I think that even if he regressed a little bit, it won't be that bad. I think he'll have a pretty decent year. I'm looking forward to it. That's a big question. That's the voice of Bruce Levine. He was a guest here yesterday with the Mully and Haw Show. What do you make of him telling us that if he were the GM, Pete Crow Armstrong would remain with the Cubs as a late-inning defensive player, double switch with Cody Bellinger going over to first base? What about you? Would you start him in Iowa to work on his hitting and pray for a Christopher Morrell-style return to the Big leagues. Yes. Yeah, I would definitely start him in Iowa. Uh, You know, it doesn't mean he's got to be down there all year long, but I think that when you look at – I I get what Bruce was saying, that that he has this defensive ability that is – that raises the the games of the players around him and you have to have your best players. You you have to look at him in terms of the long term. You don't look at him – as a guy, he he needs more at bats. He needs he's a young player, and he needs to play a lot. And I would rather see him do that in Iowa than limit his at bats in the big leagues. And then you don't know if you're crawling around in his head or what you're doing in terms of his development. I think he needs more at bats. So I would send him to Iowa. And and again, if if he go if he starts tearing it up. And he's making all these circus catches, and you know you you believe that his game will translate to the big leagues. Then I would bring him up, and maybe. But I I think I would be more likely to let him develop at his pace in Iowa than kind of rush him to the major leagues unless you needed him. And you've got you got Talkman uh, behind Bellinger, so you've got some cover. Uh, is is you know is is Canario in a different position in terms of his rookie kind of you know young player status uh, than than uh, a PCA? I would say yes. So if you really wanted a you know outfield help, a, a, you know a a fifth outfielder, I think he could be that guy for you. And they got a lot of guys in camp too that might fit into that role. So I think I'd leave him. Uh, in Iowa and and let him work on hitting and just see what happens. Well, this is a really interesting question. Plus, they kind of 
because of how big the Bellinger news was, they added a first another first baseman. So they've got like a glut of first baseman. Like, is somebody getting traded? Dominic Smith, you talking about? No, 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 no. While we were all celebrating Chris Chelios and while we were all kicking our heels about uh, Cody Bellinger, Garrett Cooper signed right. on as a first baseman. Not Garrett Cooper. Yeah, Garrett Cooper. Ever heard of him? Yeah. So I'm just saying, again, he's not like going to knock your socks off and go to the All-Star game. My point is, but there's another guy, a lefty. I believe Garrett Cooper is another lefty hitter, another first baseman, right? I mean, here's the thing. They love defense as a group, as a collective group. But Craig Council is also coming in here with his own thoughts and his own way of doing things. Mm -hmm. And Rosenthal just wrote a piece about how Craig comes in and in the Cubs better realize and Jed's on board with this to shake things up. The the past is the past. We're moving forward. We're not going to be status quo. We're going to do things different. He went out of his way to say Crow Armstrong needs to be playing every day, whether that's here on the North side or down in Iowa, but every day. But if you're on the verge of winning, as David is suggesting, and I'm agreeing with, like if you're going to win this division, it's not the worst idea in the world for him to kind of sit stagnant and come in and play gold glove center field 7, 8, and 9 and move Bellinger either to the DH at that point or to first base because how important your defense is. And if Bellinger's in center field, what level of defense do the Cubs have at first base? And is that part of this equation? I think that's a good point. And I think let's talk in three or four weeks. All right. I mean, PCA because is the big story. PCA is is a big story, but it also the Craig Council's input in this mm-hmm. will will be the most important voice, and it will carry the furthest because of what he means to this organization. And if he thinks that that uh, PCA is worth having in the lineup every three times a week or as a defensive replacement, he'll be in Chicago. I think that they're are good arguments to be made for why he needs more seasoning. He would think, argue that he would belongs in Chicago. He had a very confident uh, and and confronted the questions. We interviewed him on Saturday and inside the clubhouse. He's not shy. He's a great interview. But I also think the flexibility you can look at in spring training, even though results don't matter, according to counsel. Michael Bush, PCA. Michael Bush, PCA. Who's further along? If Michael Bush is not what we, you, the Cubs want him to be, Cody Bellinger plays first and PCA is, then he's the easiest center field option, even though you have Talkman to do a little bit of everything as well. He gives you some flexibility. The roster versatility that Cody Bellinger's return affords Craig Council is huge. And I think the PCA decision is one that you don't have to make on February 27th. You see what happens. And I think that Council might be leaning toward keeping him. Can you can, – I guess – okay, Michael Bush question mark. Is Christopher Morrell not a question mark at third base? Perhaps. And now you're going to add another question. I, I'm I'm just wondering how you're going to line it up. And who's and the DH gonna, to your point, right? Who that's like who, exactly? You right. know, is Bush the DH? Is Morrell the DH? Every once in a while, you're going to want to get Cody Bellinger off his feet I, and have him DH every once in a while. I, I mean, think that the, seven days a week you may have four different lineups because Craig Council is here to not have the same one every day. That's kind of a dated concept, and I think you'll see some mixing and matching depending on matchups and depending on who's hot and who's not. Now go ahead and ask me whatever you want to ask me, and I'll answer whatever I feel like. Did you enjoy hearing Governor J.B. Pritzker respond to a question about public funding for a new White Sox stadium? I start out really reluctant, and unless a case is made 
that the long term in, that the investment yields a long term return for the taxpayers that we can justify in some way. I haven't seen that yet. Do you think Uncle Jerry enjoyed hearing that? That sounded like a carefully worded, skillfully crafted no. And I think it was a sobering no. They were comments from the top politician in the state of Illinois that wanted to tap the brakes on this momentum because, yeah, it's a great idea. Yeah, those are beautiful renderings. Oh, my gosh, is that exciting to think about the Sox playing in the South Loop. Now pay for it. Now reach deep into your own pockets, Jerry Reinsdorf, because you know what? Governor Pritzker is not playing, and he's not paying, and he's not interested in a billion dollars in public subsidies for your own ballpark. So this was was J.B. Pritzker, I think, reminding people that gone are the days where the the public's going to be on the hook for these vanity projects. Now, this doesn't have to be a vanity project. It can be a great thing for Chicago in terms of development, in terms of jobs, in terms of all the things that they need to convince politicians that matter. But so far, not so good. That was a no. That was a no shot. I would love to be inside the head of the chairman to know what he thought when he heard that clip. Doesn't he know Michael's going to have to sell the team and they're going to leave? That seems to be his whole modus operandi. Uh, uh, that was a hard no, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, that was not even a wiggle room uh, kind of half-arsed yes. There, you know, the whole idea of the project is, well, we need to make a certain amount of money, so give us this, give us this, give us this. There, there was nothing about a long-term yield for the taxpayer at all. Um, and, and it's interesting because, you know, they hadn't really made their pitch yet. They had just kind of shown their plans. And by all accounts, the while we know what the money was going in, it wasn't they didn't really ask for it. Jerry didn't really ask for it when he um, leathered up to talk to the uh, to the legislature. And, you know, you heard the governor say that he didn't see any of it, but his people did. And here's what they told him. Um, I, I really, I think you're right. It was a very articulate, uh, you know, well, well prepared answer that ultimately was a flat out no. Did you see, did you say leathered up? Uh, Jerry leathered up. Jerry's all leathered up. He got all leathered up to go down Was that leather or pleather? Didn't he? Yes. That wasn't like a fake leather jacket. No, I think it might've been pleather. Okay. Maybe. There you know, that's is. a really good question. Are you planning on watching White Sox Dodgers later today? Is the promise of Shohei Odani's debut coming as it could today against the Sox lefty Garrett Crochet worth the investment of your time? Yeah, I just probably would watch the first inning. You know, it's it's kind of a drag. I wish there were more Sox games on TV. And I, to my fault, my detriment, I have not spent a lot of time uh, trying to figure out uh, if they're if I can watch these games, I mean, I I I am guessing since MLB is going to run it at nine o'clock at night, that it's going to be the Dodgers version, right? The Dodger games are probably like the marquee network running Cubs games. You pretty much 
you know, get your fill of them. But I, I haven't gone to the Sox website to look for any kind of a standing cam or anything or what. I don't know what they would do uh, to show those games. But I did watch the two games, uh, the two White Sox games. I, I wanted to watch Cubs Sox. I watched the Sox version because I wanted to hear John Schifrin. And I was curious to hear him broadcast with Stoney. And so I watched the second game that was broadcast. And I and I, I think they won't be on again for a little bit. But I would um, I would be curious in monitoring that just to kind of get a feel for how that broadcast is going to be. Um, and I thought he did fine. I thought he was um, uh, good in that role, fine, well enough. He's a pro. Whatever. He was a pro. I, I told you a friend of mine texted me and basically said that his enthusiasm, wait till he goes through a season of the White Sox, his enthusiasm will wane about halfway through this thing. I don't see how anyone can remain positive about what we're going to be looking at. So, um, yeah, I want to see Garrett Crochet strike out Shohei Otani in Otani's debut. I want to see that matchup as well. I think that's cool. Uh, you can be all over X and, and find a right. clip of that, I'm sure. Uh, I will follow your lead, Molly, as you mentioned earlier. When I do get home today, I will go to the uh, on-demand, and I will find it, and I will hit the record button. I don't know if I'm going to go that far. I, I think I'm curious. Uh, I'll probably catch up with it later. I don't have a ton of curiosity about the White Sox just yet. Garrett Crochet against Otani is a good matchup. I am curious how Otani looks after the surgery, at mm-hmm. the plate, swinging the bat. That's always fun, although I will watch him with a bit of envy because obviously that was the pipe dream going into the Cubs offseason. Not going to necessarily make a point to watch much more than that. Maybe as time moves on in spring training, I'll see, you know, get involved in the White Sox a little bit more right now today. I'm probably more curious about how Matt Eberflus answers the questions about his five o'clock shadow than I am about seeing Garrett Crochet face Otani. I'm not talking necessarily about a pick six or something like that. That's the voice of Brad Biggs. Biggs time 725 today, live from the start of the NFL Combine. How about the beloved Loyola Rambler receiving one AP Top 25 vote and yes. three in the coaches' poll heading into a big week? They face uh, two quad one games. Tonight, they've got the St. Bonaventures, and Friday night, a home game versus Dayton. Can Loyola keep up the winning ways? Well, if I only knew some Loyola graduate, an alum, mm. that might have connections to a ticket for that Dayton game because they're going I for need like two. $200 I need a, a piece. Pair, this is fun. One vote, only one vote? Call Chelly. This is, <laughs> this is a good team. This is a good college basketball team. Drew Valentine's having a terrific year. Could be A-10 coach of the year. And you look at where they're headed and how they're peaking maybe at the right time. Where it, March is the end of the month, and this is the ideal time for Loyola. It's Loyola time. It's winning time. It's Rambler time. So, yeah, they can keep up their winning ways because I think that they did the lull thing last year. They rebuilt with the transfer portal and all the things. We talked to Drew Valentine last week, sounded very capable and confident. This is the time that Loyola will start to take off a little bit. So I think this is going to be a good week for the Ramblers. Next week, maybe, maybe they get more than that. Now, these are two games that you should get in front of that you'll want to get on the couch and get on your TV or your app or however you consume it. And I will definitely be looking at that Dayton game Friday night. And again, Mully, I need two. (laughs) Yeah. um, You know, if I'm not mistaken, the the kids go on break uh, starting Monday, which means basically starting Friday. So I hope they 
stick around and make sure they go to that game Friday night because they're going to need that crowd. I watched their game against George Mason on Saturday, and George Mason had just beaten Dayton, which is how the Ramblers uh, wound up with a share of first place with uh, Richmond. Uh, they're, they've won 20 games now, and they, they're 12-2 and two in the A-10. And so, you know, tonight feels like a classic trap game going into the Bonnies, and that's a decent team, and they've got some size, and they've got a, a pretty good player who they thought was going to come to Loyola, uh, uh, Charles Pride, and he stayed. Uh, he went to St. Bonaventure instead. And then they come home for the Dayton game, which is a big game. So, um, again, their, their net ranking is like 93 in the country. It is not good at all because they haven't played a lot of quad one games. So these two games count as quad one games if they can continue to win. And, I, and as I said, I watched their game against George Mason. They, won that, they were up 30 in that game. They won that game by 20. They, that's the best game they've played all year. They are like 11 men deep. Everybody they brought in contributed. I think like 10 guys scored points in that game. Um, I, it, was, it was about as thorough a victory as I've seen them have this year. They're playing really good basketball, and they're playing very confidently. So let's hope they don't fall into a trap tonight, and then they come home and, uh, and handle business. The atmosphere at that game was crazy. The student section packed, everyone going nuts. It was a sellout, as the Dayton game will be, and well worth going to, well worth watching on television. So I think they're on ESPN Plus tonight, if that helps, and then they're, uh, they will be on television on, on Friday. Go Ramblers. Yeah, keep up your winning ways. All right, we've got the extra point next. It's Mully and Haw Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 the score. Go Ramblers! Set up this extra point. It's time for the extra point with Mully and Haw on 670 The Score. Do you anticipate the Bears being a top story at the Indianapolis Scouting Combine kicking off today? Will there be clarity involving QB1? Will it be draft and trade and trade and draft? Or will it be the status quo? If you were guessing, Justin, Caleb, Jaden, or JJ? I think there will be more curiosity than clarity. A lot of people asking wondering, speculating about what the Bears are going to do, even though in Chicago I think that there's a growing understanding and expectation of what they're going to do, and that is to trade Justin Fields, and I think that makes sense. I don't think it's that hard to justify take keeping the number one overall pick and using it on Caleb Williams, provided that he passes all the pre-draft tests. He won't do much this week at Indianapolis. He won't throw, apparently. I get that. Anymore, these guys have pro days, or maybe they won't have pro days, but there's so much time between the end of their season and the draft that in some cases, you wonder how much damage they can do. It used to be you can only improve your stock. Some of these guys, the more they work out, the more flaws they might reveal. So they won't run. They won't throw. They won't do things that you typically expect them to do. Right now, the number one priority for Ryan Poles is to evaluate the prospects, but find suitors for Justin Fields. Create a market if one exists, and then you have to deal him, likely before the league year starts in mid-March. That's the priority. Jalen Johnson, you want to get him a contract extension before you have to tag him. You want to avoid tagging him if possible. 
That may be front burner, but I think it probably is back burner this week. He'll be asked about it. They may be working on it, but I think this is all about the quarterback and about all about their next move. It's all about the quarterback. Quarterbacks are going to talk and throw some on Friday. They're all going to talk, but they'll, some of them are going to throw. J.J. Mm. McCarthy throwing on Friday. That's interesting to me that he's going to throw at the Combine and not just at the Michigan Pro Day. Um, if I'm guessing... I'm still thinking it's Justin. I think they're going to get a ransom for this pick, and they're going to move it a couple of times. And it's not just because Peter King said it. I've been saying that before Peter King said it and got a little buzz yesterday, but you trade it, and you go down to two, and then you trade it again, and then you maybe go down again. You think they're keeping fields? I think they're keeping fields. I think think they're smart enough to know they are not just a quarterback away, but I do think a lot of this is going to depend on how this interview goes this week with Caleb Williams, how I, I would, if you were allowed, I would love to be in on that interview. Love to hear what that guy has to say and what he's asked and how he answers. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, here's the problem. You know, if you don't take Caleb Williams, I think you pretty much need to keep Justin Fields. I, I think that if you take, if you fall in love with another quarterback in this draft process, and you decide to not take Caleb Williams, and and he really is what they've been selling us on, generational talent, then you get fired. I mean, that's just that, – that if you pass on a guy who ends up being an impact player and you take a guy who ends up being okay, that's, that's grounds for dismissal. I'm sorry. That is a really bad setup for a guy. I think that Ryan Poles has a lot – to think about, to talk about, to examine and determine. And part of it is that interview. I agree with you, Dustin. I think part of it is the interview with all these guys. But, you know, you you have to understand what sort of the consensus is about who the best player in the draft is. And if there is – if that consensus changes, I don't know, man. I, I don't know how I would feel about it. I, I just feel – that it's going to be Caleb Williams. I have felt that way for a long time. And if it ends up not being him or being someone else, then they better get a hell of a lot better because uh, it, it's – it's it, if you trade that guy and he winds up if being – If you trade the pick and he becomes a star yeah. or a Pro Bowl quarterback or all-pro quarterback, not you good. might as well put a fire me sign on the back yes. of your shirt. There. That's just the reality of it. You're just not going to keep your job. All right, we got Mike Florio next. We can run some of this by him. What are the big talking points at the Combine? The Bears obviously on the clock. The first pick, is it in play? We'll, uh, we'll ask Mike about that next. It's Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 to score. Mike Florio, ProFootballTalk.com, NBC Sports, Twitter.com slash ProFootballTalk. Day by day, day by day, we get better and better. We get better and better. So we can't be beat. We can't be beat. Won't be beat. Game up. Game up. NFL insider Mike Florio with Mully and Haw on 670 The Score. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Mike Florio is live at the Combine and now joining us on the Circa Sports Illinois Hotline is Mike Florio. Download the Circa Sports app today. Michael, good morning. How are you? 
Doing great. How are you guys today? Doing well. You know, we're all fired up because we're going to hear something from the Bears. I don't know what we'll hear from the Bears. I don't expect we'll hear a lot from the Bears. We know the coach is talking. We know that the general manager will talk to the local media uh, down there. I, I believe uh, uh, Matt Eberflus gets to talk to, to uh, all. But I doubt they will reveal whatever their quarterback plan is. But they have a quarterback plan by this point. So it'll be fun to, uh, to catch a lot of the rumors and talk and all such uh, stuff that will be going on because the Bears are, of course, on the clock. I'm looking at our schedule for today here in Indianapolis. Ryan Poles, 11.45 a.m. Eastern. Now, it all is subject to change because once they start coming through the media room, you never know when you're going to get, who you're going to get, when you're going to get them, but I look forward to sitting down with the general manager and seeing what he has to say and watching for any tells, although he's got a pretty good poker face. Last year, we didn't know what he was up to, and he ended up pulling off that trade that, among other things, got him the first overall pick in this year's draft. So it's going to be interesting to see. I've been on record for months saying that you put too many eggs in one basket when you make a quarterback that first overall pick. You better be damn sure you're getting a generational guy, somebody far closer to Peyton Manning than Jamarcus Russell if you're going to make that pick because otherwise you leverage that pick, you get a lot more, you build out your team around the guy that we still don't know what his ceiling is. That's what I keep coming back to. We don't know how good Justin Fields can be. And when you have players like D.J. Moore, a receiver who came to the team last year as part of that trade package with Carolina, saying – This is the guy. There's nobody out there in this class better than him. When you have teammates that are convinced that Fields is the guy, you really take a big risk if you move Fields and take a quarterback with that first pick. So a lot of it comes down to what they can get, and you only find out by engaging in the conversations of what people are willing to pay. Yeah, but it might be a bigger risk if you miss on Caleb Williams and he's a star somewhere else. That'll get you fired in a hurry if you're Ryan Poles, Mike. I think that's a good debate and a great, lively conversation. I want to ask you this. As they get to know Caleb Williams, as they do the background checking and research, what role will it play? How much impact will it have that he does not have an agent? Well, the biggest issue with not having an agent pre-draft is that the other quarterbacks who have agents, and I'm not going to say specific agents do this, but generally the thinking is, all's fair when you're trying to get your guy drafted as high as possible because that's really the only value the agent has. Once you're locked in, your contract is predetermined. It's all pre-negotiated. It's all a formula based on the spot. So the best you can do for your guy is get him taken in the highest spot possible. And I think one of the reasons Lamar Jackson ended up 32nd overall six years ago was because he didn't have anybody out there doing two things, both sword and shield shielding him against the comments like Bill Pauline saying he should move to running back or receiver. You need somebody who knows how to get Pauline on the line and make the case and get Pauline to go back on the air and modify what he said. You need somebody who's going to call general managers when this stuff starts to get steam and other agents are saying, yeah, take my guy instead. I mean, it's so obvious. It's so transparent, but it happens. So you need that person who is protecting you from the BS that others are trying to put out there and launching their own attacks 
hey, you know, Drake May, he isn't all that good. Jake Daniels, who cares that he won the Heisman Trophy? Here's why my guy's better. Here's why he's worse. Here's why my guy's going to you know, give you job security for the next 10 years. So that's where not having an agent can become an issue. Now, Caleb Williams may be so good, and it may be so baked in that he's the number one overall pick. It doesn't matter. But I'll tell you this, if he slips from number one, one of the potential reasons is going to be he didn't have an agent out there fighting for him when everyone was fighting dirty pre-draft. There is a rookie wage scale, right? There's a rookie uh, 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 wage scale. In other words, it, the agent isn't going to matter when it comes to how much he's going to get paid uh, in his contract. It would matter in the second contract, and maybe that's where it could really bite him. I, I hear what you're saying. Well, no, about- no, but it matters in where you get picked. Right. That's what matters coming in. You need an agent. Hey, the table set for him to be the number one overall pick. Okay, fine. Now you got to be the number one overall pick. And if the agent's representing the other quarterbacks or the other players that could be the first overall pick, manage to make some inroads and leak some stuff. You know, the C.J. Stroud nonsense last year. Somebody's trying to get C.J. Stroud to not be the second overall pick in the draft or was trying to make the Panthers look better for making Bryce Young the first overall pick in the draft. That's the kind of dirty pool that happens. And, and so, yes, the agent's role for now get your guy drafted as high as possible. After that, it doesn't matter. But the key is getting locked into the spot that pays you the most. Mike, got to ask you about your post this morning. Very compelling, intriguing. Are the Vikings really considering trading Justin Jefferson? Or is that just something that if you can't sign him, you might come to the conclusion you might have to. But how realistic is that? Well, like I said last year, if they don't get this guy signed to a long-term deal before the start of the regular season, I'm not going to rule out the possibility that they'll trade him next year in an effort to get themselves in position to get their year-to-year franchise quarterback. Kwesi Adolfo Mensa, the team's GM, had made a comment about Kirk Cousins basically not being Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. Who is? But you're not going to compete for championships without a short-list franchise quarterback. And they haven't had one since Fran Tarkington, for crying out loud. A year-in and year-out guy that is going to take them to the, to the mountaintop or close to it. They've had plenty of great receivers, and what's that done for them? And they traded Randy Moss. They traded Percy Harvin. They traded Stephon Diggs. They have a history of trading great receivers. All three of those trades happened, I believe, on the Wilfs watch, although I think Red McCombs traded Randy Moss before the Wilfs bought the team. But Harvin and Diggs were both traded by the Wilfs. And if, if Jefferson wants too much, and look, he wanted more than what the Vikings were willing to pay last September. Well, it didn't get any cheaper since last September. And it definitely got more expensive on Friday when the salary cap went up 13.6% to $255.4 million. That raises the price for everybody. So my point is this. Until they sign him, a trade is possible. And if they're thinking about trading him and trying to move up in this year's draft, this is the week to do it because everybody's here. You work out your deal. You you get an agreement in principle, and then on March 13 at 4 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Central, you you put the key and you twist it and you tell the league, and and you have an official trade, and Justin Jefferson's on a new team. I, I got to tell you that that is insanity to me. That, that, there's a lot of crazy stuff crazy. going around. Um, That's crazy. Where where you know we obviously we look at the cap going up as you mentioned. I think the Bears are going to have roughly 80 million under the cap. By the time all this is said and done, that doesn't mean they're going to spend the $80 million. That doesn't mean that uh, – and I, the fact that everybody has money would indicate that maybe 
the market is not going to be great because you're going to jack up the price of everything. Well, let's not forget our good old friend collusion and the impact <laughs> it can have. We saw it last year with Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson available to anybody that was willing to give up two first-round picks. And who wouldn't give up two first-round picks for a proven franchise quarterback? But nobody even made him an offer. Oh, the Ravens are going to match it. Oh, he's too injured. Oh, he's this. Oh, he's that. You can come up with an excuse to support anything you want to do. They can come up with excuses not to pursue Justin Jefferson. They can come up with excuses not to pursue Kirk Cousins and give him a fully guaranteed contract. He's going to be 36, and he's got a, a torn Achilles tendon he's recovering from. So you name a player, and teams can come up with reasons to not pay him. And as the market goes higher and higher, the oligarchs who run the league, and they are American oligarchs, there's no two ways around it. They find ways to win. They find ways to keep as much of their money as possible in their pockets. And that's the thing to watch. We all think it's going to be drunken sailor time. I think it's going to be a lot more strategic. And we're going to see maybe not the kind of ridiculous spending that we thought that this salary cap bump might lead to. Mike, Russell Wilson talks a lot. Is the door still open for him in Denver? <laughs> no, no. And here's why. There's no way he's going to agree to lay the vesting of his 2025 salary, currently guaranteed for injury at $37 million. March 17, 2025 salary becomes fully guaranteed. That was the issue last year. They wanted to delay that until next year. They wanted another year to work with him and make their final decision about what they're going to do because they already own $39 million for this year. He's not going to agree to that. And when you look at the things he said to Brandon Marshall, he's got enough stuff that's factually wrong, that is kind of inflammatory to the situation from the Broncos' perspective. There's no coming back from that. There's no mending defense. He's, he's being – you know, the guy who says all the right things by saying, I still want to play for the Broncos. I still want to play for the Broncos. But I also don't want to give up this guarantee. I don't want to change this date. That's the impasse. They're going to release him. He's going to go somewhere else. And the question is, would he take the league minimum of $1.21 million one year, stick the Broncos with the balance? They owe him $39 million. They'd get credit for the $1.21, go somewhere else, be the starter, resurrect his career, see what happens next year. I think that's what he's going to end up doing. Is is the Bears' deal and they're, you know, on the – whatever they decide to do, is that the biggest story at the Combine? Are there bigger stories? That's the one that is the most obvious, but it's kind of like watching and waiting and what's going to happen next, who's going to get franchise tagged and who isn't, or the Chiefs going to tag Chris Jones. You know, we already seen the Bengals are going to, are going to tag T. Higgins. And one of the reasons – and I have officially tagged him – one of the reasons to apply the tag now, even though there's another week to go before the window closes, you don't want when the tampering starts, and this is tampering central in advance of free agency, you don't want teams to waste their time talking to agents who represent players who are going to be franchise tagged. You know, we're not, we're not going to try to make you an offer then. We're not going to put numbers in your head as to what we would pay you if you were going to be a free agent. You're not a free agent, so it doesn't matter. So I think that's why teams do it. They want to just make sure no one tries to get a little too close to their guy that they plan to keep around. So Chris Jones is the one, the Chiefs' great defensive tackle. What are they going to do with him? They haven't tagged him yet. And, and yeah, it's just, you know, you cast a wide net and you wait to see what happens. But this is a week where a lot of potential business gets done, some stuff that we're expecting and probably some stuff that we're not expecting. Great stuff, Mike. Thank you, buddy. Have a great week at Thank the Combine. Guys. Thanks, Take Mike. Care. See you. That is our guy, Mike Florio. Good, Good stuff. stuff. Yeah. Strong opinions. Good debate.
I think he's I think he's in the minority about the Justin Fields stays with the Bears crowd. I, I don't understand that. I don't understand how people don't see how obvious neither, it is for Ryan Poles. You neither does Colin Cowper. He doesn't Oh, let's that at all. you want to talk about that? Yeah, we should talk about okay. something. Uh, I yeah, I really want to talk about um, this idea that DJ Moore has once again come out and said that uh, that that Justin Fields is the best quarterback uh, and is the guy and all that. Okay, and, and the and you heard other people saying yesterday, oh, the, you know, there'll be a revolt in the locker room. I I mean, stuff and nonsense as far as I'm concerned. But we should probably get to we'll it. Get Mully to and Hawn the score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.